Welcome to the Yukon RUF podcast. RUF at Yukon is a ministry that relies completely on the financial support of churches and individuals like you in order to serve the Yukon community. You can support RUF at Yukon by going to ruf.org slash Yukon. Hey guys, so I'm going to be fighting against the sound of the airflow and my mask by using this microphone loudly for us. Welcome again to RUF. Can you guys hear me okay? Like if I talk like this, it won't, is it too loud? It's good. Okay, cool. Well guys, so glad you're here um, joining us at RUF, and you guys know I say a lot, but at RUF we really want to be a community where we can know each other, walk with each other, and kind of collectively extend God's grace to the campus. And so that's what RUF is about, uh, a place where you can come and be welcomed and find a home and also a place where you can grow and serve. And uh, anyways, so glad you could join us tonight as we uh, continue to look at a passage of scripture that to me is like really a big deal uh, in my story. Uh, We've been going through the different parables uh, that Jesus told this semester. This is week five already, so we've hit some major ones. And last week we started this one that we're going to continue tonight, uh, which is often called the parable of the prodigal son. And uh, it actually is a story of two sons. Uh, The first one gets all the press, all the hype, uh, everyone loves that, that story. And the second one is really, in a lot of ways, what it's all about. And I'll just say, you know, as part of my story, I heard this guy, Timothy Keller, before he wrote this book, he just preached a sermon at a church that I happened to listen to in college on this passage. And it drastically changed my life. And so uh, I'll be sharing a lot of what he shared with me, uh, what, 15 years ago or something like that. Uh, when I first heard it, uh, a lot of it is also in this book, which I'll give to someone tonight if you want. I've got more copies, so if you want this book, just come get it afterwards. It's a really important book. And uh, so we're going to look at this parable. Let me read the whole thing. So I'm going to read what we read last week, plus a little more tonight to uh, bring our focus to the older brother. So let me read for us. Um, I'm actually going to have to read off it here because I don't have it. Uh, Now the tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near uh, to hear him. And the Pharisees and the scribes grumbled, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. And he said, There was a man who had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of property that is coming to me. And he divided his property between them. Not many days later, the younger son gathered all he had and took a journey into a far country. And there he squandered his property in reckless living. And when he had spent everything, a severe famine arose in that country and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country who sent him into his fields to feed pigs. And he was longing to be fed with the paws that the pigs ate and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread, but I perish here with hunger. I will arise and go to my father And I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. And he arose, came to his father, and came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him 
and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, bring quickly the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on, on his feet and bring the fattened calf and kill it and let us eat and celebrate for this. My son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. Now his older son was in the field. And as he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing. And he called one of the servants and asked him what these things meant. And he said to him, your brother has come and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has received him back safe and sound. But he was angry and refused to go in. His father came out and entreated him, but he answered his father, look, these many years I have served you and I never disobeyed your command, yet you never even, never gave me a young goat that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours came who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fattened calf for him. And he said to him, son, you are always with me and all that is mine is yours. It was fitting to celebrate and be glad for this your brother was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, as we come now to your word, we need you to make sense of it for us. Uh, We need you to meet us where we are. Many of us are weary tonight. Many of us come with all kinds of anxieties. Uh, Some of us are wondering about you and who you are and what you might mean for us and no matter who we are, we pray that you'd meet us and change us tonight. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. All right. So, lot, we just read a lot. Um, last week, we looked at the first part of this parable. And what we saw that is that the first half of the parable is about this lost younger son. And we talked about how he gets lost when he demands his share of the... Even though his father is not yet dead, he says, I, essentially, I wish you were dead. Give me my inheritance now. He squanders it. And as he comes to his senses, like we just read, uh, he realizes that he could have a better life as a servant for his father. And so he makes this plan to come back. But before he can even get back, uh, his father recklessly welcomes him back. Uh, He throws an extravagant party for his son and he reinstates him in the family. And we talked last week about how that's what lostness from God is like. Uh, That's what the love of God is like for the lost. Uh, That uh, lostness uh, is horrible, and yet God freely welcomes home people who have been pretty bad, really bad. Uh, And we talked about how God doesn't want you to earn your way back, like the son wanted to earn his way back. Uh, but that he wants to save. He wants to save the lost. He, want, he doesn't want servants back. He wants children back. And that's just kind of the appetizer of the dish, okay? So, like, really, if you think about the first couple of verses that we read where it sets the scene where there's, like, these Pharisees, these religious leaders, and they're worried about Jesus hanging out with these bad guys, tax collectors, and sinners, that sets it up. And Jesus is talking to the Pharisees, really, in this whole parable, and what that means is that it's really about the older brother. Like, the real meaning now is going to come from the older brother uh, who is represented, who represents these religious leaders of Jesus' day. And 
Um, so I want to think of it in terms of three things. I want to think of that the lostness of the older brother. Usually we think about the younger brother being lost, but the older brother is lost too. And then I want to think about how to know if you might be an older brother. And then finally think about the hope there is for the lost here in this parable. So first of all, think about the lostness of the older brother. Um, you know, the younger brother comes back and the older brother is like out in the field and he hears like some subwoofers and some like Nelly playing on the stereo. And I don't know, like he's like, what is going on? And he, he, there's a party. He finds out that uh, uh, his, son, his brother has been welcomed back by his father. And he won't celebrate, though. Uh, he gets angry. He gets angry with his father. And uh, so that's embarrassing, right, for the father. His own son won't celebrate at this party where they've, like, th- busted out all the stops. And then... Uh, he won't come in so much so that the father has to leave his own party that he's throwing to come out, uh, which would also be embarrassing. And then his older son starts talking down to him, being like, hey, look, look here. A total sign of disrespect. And he says, all these years I've served you, and you've never given me anything. Uh, but this son of yours squanders all your money with prostitutes, and you throw this big party for him. Uh, See what he's doing there? He's saying this son of yours as if it's not like his relation. In the same way that I do this with my dog because my wife got our dog before she knew me. And so whenever the dog is like annoying, I always say like, hey, your dog is barking or something like that. So uh, the oldest brother does that. And then he assumes the worst about his brother, the prostitute thing. We don't know if that's true or not. And, and then he reveals the real reason he has ever obeyed his father, which is to get his father's stuff. He says, I've obeyed you and you don't give me anything. And what I want you to see is that the brothers are the same, okay? They're actually really similar. Uh, they're both lost. And the reason they're both lost is because they want the father's things, but not him. Right? The, the younger brother showed it by saying, like, give me my share now, and he squanders it. And the older brother reveals here that the whole reason I've been here with you, like, doing the right thing is because I want your stuff. I don't want you. Uh, they both view themselves as servants rather than sons. Uh, they're both lost. So lostness, then, is it's not wanting God. You know, if the father represents God in this story, then what lostness is, is I want maybe the things God can give me, but you know what? I don't want God himself uh, relating to God as a servant instead of a child or maybe like a vending machine, right? I'll do this stuff if you give me what I want. Um, some people do things that are obviously bad, you know, like the younger brother in this story. Uh, you know, it's obviously bad to be a mass murderer or to lie or to cheat or to steal all these things that we know are bad. But some uh, lost people do things that actually look pretty good and they're really lost. Uh, Tim Keller in this book puts it this way. He says the main barrier between religious leaders, Pharisees and God is not their sins, but, quote, their damnable good works. Uh, These are guys that think that they deserve something from God because of how they perform. Uh, So in other words, when we think about lostness, we need to think about our hearts. Uh, Anybody ever moved a stove, like an oven or stove in the kitchen 
Uh, I've lived in my house now for 10 years. We've, I think, moved it out from the wall twice. And when you move the stove, it's this gigantic appliance in your kitchen that doesn't move. When you move it, like, it's like hell behind there. <laughs> it's just like years and years of just like crumbs and grease and stuff collecting there. We don't ever like, it's, you know, the bottom is so thin that it's like you're not going to like reach all the way back there or something. But when you remove it, uh, it's disgusting back there. And you could look at your kitchen and be like, my kitchen's clean. And the reality is it's not clean if you have an oven or a stove that you haven't like looked under in a while uh, because it's actually disgusting. Okay. Um, the way the older son has stuck around and worked for his father for years and years, it makes him look pretty good, right? He does the right things. He follows orders, uh, but he's actually really filthy. Uh, he actually hates his father. He's serving for the stuff, and he relates to his father, his own father, like a slave master. Um, okay, so God doesn't care if the kitchen looks clean. He wants it to actually be clean. He cares Uh, Not about externals, but he cares about our hearts, what drives us. Uh, He wants us to relate to him in love as his children. Um, Okay, so when we do, you know, think about the good things that religious people do. Read the Bible, pray, go to church, all good stuff to do, stay out of trouble, stand up in front of people and preach. Uh, It might look good to a lot of people. You know, everyone who sees it might be like, yeah, it looks pretty good. But it might just be brushing crumbs under a stove. It might not be dealing with the heart at all. And what you got to see in this part is that the older brother is, who is obedient outwardly is in a worse position than the younger brother who is a total mess up. Okay, He's in a worse uh, position because at the end of this story, we don't know what happens to him. Like He's more lost He's not in the party. He's outside the party. The party represents like where you want to be. So, um, you know, the younger son knows he's bad. The older son doesn't seem to know that yet. And that is a problem. And so he's just angry. Uh, So I want to ask you tonight, do you know that you're as bad as anyone else? Do you know that the good things you do may just be brushing crumbs under a stove and not getting rid of anything? Uh, do you know that God doesn't love you because you're good? Because you're not. <laughs> um, so uh, the, the sober conclusion at the end of this parable is that the younger brother's out. He's outside the party. Or the older brother's out and the younger brother is in. Um, so I want to think about how to know if you're an older brother. Um, here's some ways to know if you're like an older brother. Uh, if you feel like God's always withholding from you. Uh, if you get frustrated with God because life seems easy for everyone else and hard for you. And so you get frustrated with God. Uh, you know, maybe you're that way about success. Other people seem more successful than me. Why am I not? Uh, other people seem to have better status than me. Why don't I have that? Um, When the joy is gone from following God and following God is instead just kind of like plugging away for God or something like that. Uh, Or if you have the general notion that God is just probably disappointed with you. Maybe you're an older brother uh, in this parable. Uh, If you have no joy in following God. Okay, so... um, couple more. 
when you can't bring yourself to love people when they mess up, you might be an older brother. Uh, when you say things like, oh, I'd never do that, you might be an older brother. Uh, so um, what's the hope then? What's the hope, you know, whether you're a younger brother or an older brother, what's the hope that this parable gives? And by the way, you know, I think a lot of us have like elements of younger brotherness and older brotherness. You know, think about these two different types of people. And some of us tend more to like run away from God outright. And some of us run away from him while looking pretty obedient. Uh, But we're both, you know, no matter who you are, uh, there's this lostness that comes with that. And uh, so what's the hope? Uh, The hope in this parable is that the father goes out to both brothers. Did you notice the parallel? In both cases, the father goes out. He leaves, he's looking for the younger brother, and when the party's going, he still goes out to the older brother. Uh, And he initiates with them before they can initiate with him in both cases, right? Uh, They're trying, you know, they're not trying to make things right with their relationship, but the father initiates. And he says, uh, what's mine is yours. He's willing to look like a fool in both cases to bring back his lost sons. Um, so uh, God, this initiation of God, it invites us to get off the treadmill. Uh, this treadmill of working and working and working and wondering if our life is okay. Uh, if the Father initiates, then the solution uh, to our sin and our brokenness is not just like work harder and God will love you. Uh, it means that we can stop doing and not worry about doing for a while and worry about instead being a child. Being with God. Uh, because God wants your heart. Uh, it's called the parable of the prodigal son, usually. Do you guys know what prodigal means? Prodigal means reckless and extravagant. And so really, it's called that because the younger son takes all his money and like squanders it in reckless living. But the parable reveals something about the heart of God and that God is actually prodigal. God is reckless. He's extravagant in his love for these sons that have turned away from him. And the love is not based on anything but just like love itself. Uh, God loves you because of who he is. If you have Jesus, you can't lose the love. Uh, It doesn't matter if you're a younger brother, older brother, in between. You can't lose the love of the Father if you have Jesus. Uh, I have two kids, Margo and Asher. Margo's seven, Asher's four. And I'll tell you something about having kids. They are so disobedient. Like insanely disobedient. Yeah, it's a, we're always amazed at how disobedient our own children are. Uh, how they don't follow our simple instructions sometimes. And you know what? You should see how often we just like scroll through our photos and our phones and just like think about how much we love these kids. All the time. They don't listen to anything and it doesn't change our love for them. Uh, And they're not even old enough to understand like remotely how much we love them. Uh, But they will grow in that and obedience will grow out of that too. Like, you know, the more they come to know our love for them, the more uh, they'll respond to, you know, they'll follow like our simple instructions because they'll begin to get why uh, the relationship demands 
uh, acting a certain way. Now, I want you to think in kind of closing about what's missing in this story. What's missing in this story is a brother who cares. And that's where Jesus, so in the story, it's Jesus talking, there's religious leaders and there's tax collectors and sinners and there's Jesus who's telling the parable and what's missing in the parable is him, a brother who cares. And what you got to see is that Jesus is the true older brother. Uh, when the younger son is lost, the older brother should care and go look for him, but he doesn't. Uh, Jesus does care. That's what Jesus is all about. That's what he's trying to show these religious leaders is I go after the lost. I do care. Uh, When they celebrate the younger brother's return from squandering all the wealth, the older brother is mad because of how much it costs. He's like, you're squandering, you know, it's the fattened calf. It's the most expensive thing we could possibly make. And he already lost all your money. What are you doing? Uh, Jesus is the true older brother. He doesn't care at all what it costs. In fact, he'll pay the biggest cost by going to die himself for the lost. Uh, So Jesus is the true older brother that we all fail to be, the one that actually cares, the one that obeys out of love. Uh, And Jesus is the older brother that you need to come find you, to restore you into the household of God. And when you have Jesus, you're in. doesn't matter what you've done. You can start being part of what God is doing now. Uh, When you have Jesus, you're in. Uh, Think about that image of the servant versus the child. Uh, I just want to ask you, do you know that you're in the house with the father? Have you thought lately about how you belong there, uh, how your entry has been paid for, uh, that this father delights in you even though he sees all the ways you fail? Uh, If that's you, then you're in. Uh, Then you can have a life that's about going after the lost. Uh, Then you can have a life that's about joy because you're in the family and you get to serve. And you don't have to earn your keep. You can get off the treadmill that we all feel like we're on so much. So uh, let me just close in praying that uh, we would know something of that love tonight. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, we uh, desperately need the love of the Father in the parable, and we thank you that that's you. We thank you for sending Jesus as our true older brother uh, to give us everything uh, that we lost. And I pray that we'd be changed by that love. I pray that it would strengthen us to face a lot of ups and downs in life that many of us are in even now. And I pray that it would strengthen us to love, uh, to extend your love uh, to others who are who were lost uh, like us. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen.